Hey there, and welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD. Trying to improve our health and wellness with ADHD can feel like an uphill battle. Neurotypical advice tends to be complicated, rigid, and quite honestly, kind of boring. Us ADHDers thrive off of fun and need to be supported by people who just get us and the way our brain works. And most importantly, we need to feel encouraged and inspired instead of shamed. No falling off of any hypothetical wagons here. I'm Chelsea Eithoven and I'm a health and mindset coach who was diagnosed with ADHD at age 30. Stick around and together we can explore, learn, and play our way to a more vibrant lifestyle. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Vibrancy with ADHD. I am so happy you're here. And I just got to tell you guys something. So a few episodes ago, (laughs) I promised you some shorter episodes. I said that we would keep our episodes to 15 to 30 minutes. And that is so hard when I'm diving deeper in topics. So I'm working on it, but I'm thinking for now, we're just going to try and chop them down a little bit and get them to like 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. So I just wanted to say that in case you're like, didn't you say you were going to have way shorter episodes and every episode is like not way shorter. (laughs) So anyways, I hope you guys are doing good. I am excited to talk about our topic today because it's something that literally just happened to me and I got the opportunity to break a limiting belief recently. And this hasn't happened in a while because I haven't been, I guess, maybe going out on a limb and trying new things very much. And like I talked about in the last episode, that is when limiting beliefs kind of come out of hiding. So I'm going to share with you my hyper focus of the week, and it's actually going to lead us into our topic today because they're kind of interwoven together. So my latest hyper focus, and remember, yes, there's a specific term within the ADHD community that is hyper focus, and that is when we pop into that focus and we literally can sit and concentrate on something for hours without noticing time passing or anything else and forget about all other obligations except for that thing. Now, when I'm talking about my hyperfocus of the week, it's not exactly that technical term. It's just a fun way to say the things that I'm enjoying this week, what I'm obsessing over, what I'm excited about. So my hyperfocus this week is actually my new style of eating that I'm kind of trying out. So I asked everybody on Instagram, if you don't follow me there, it's Bright Light Chels, but I asked if you guys would be interested in hearing about this new style of eating that I was trying. And it was one of those surveys that actually got 100% yes response, which rarely happens. There's always at least one person that's like, no, I don't wanna see that. But everybody wanted to see this. So I thought that here on the podcast would be the best place to share it. Because if you listen to the podcast, Honestly, you are probably the type of person who dives deep. You want to know the details. You want to know the why. You want to know all the things, the behind the scenes. And I wanted to share the behind the scenes of this thought process. So let's talk about what it is. 
So if you have been listening or if you follow on any of my social media platforms, you might have heard that I got my boobs done recently. (laughs) About two and a half weeks ago, I got a breast augmentation and I love it. It has been such a great decision. I am so happy with it. And on another episode, I think it would be really fun to kind of talk about boob jobs and body image, right? Because I love talking about body image and it's something that I've worked on for so long in myself. And I think a lot of people think that if you got a boob job or you're trying to alter your body in some way, that means you hated your body before. And for me, that's not the case. And I think for a lot of people, that's not the case. I just think that would be such interesting topic to dive into and talk about a little bit more. So anyway, so my surgeon told me that I cannot exercise, literally not even walk aggressively for a month. So he said that a lot of people try to push it too far with walks and they are getting their heart rate up and that's not what they want you to do. So they did tell me not to walk. I have been going on some walks though, but very gentle and short. (laughs) So a full month after the surgery, I'm not supposed to be exercising, right? And I think for most people, this wouldn't be that big of a deal. But for me, this is huge. Like this is so huge. I haven't gone a week without exercising since I was probably 24 and I'm 30 now. So it's been a very consistent part of my life for a very long time. And I didn't know what would happen not exercising. And I think that exercise is honestly one way of me managing my ADHD before I even knew that I had ADHD. So to be honest, it's actually been a really big struggle, even though it's only been two and a half weeks to not be able to exercise because I am now realizing that my exercise and movement routine is one of the top reasons that I sleep as well as I do. So (laughs) now I'm not moving. So I'm not getting out all this physical energy that I have pent up and I'm not sleeping as well. And it's just been kind of tough. You know, it's been kind of hard. I've been just kind of realizing that exercise is such a big key in my sleep and kind of keeping my ADHD symptoms at bay. It's almost good because I am remembering again how important it is and what a cornerstone it is in my life for keeping my healthy habits and feeling my absolute best, both mentally and physically. So I'm literally counting down the days until I can exercise again. I've just felt so restless. Yeah. And like I said, I've heard from multiple times that people with ADHD can use exercise as a form of treatment or managing symptoms. And I've really never Never understood that quite as much as I do now. So with less exercise happening, this means that my body is obviously going to need less fuel than it normally does and not massive amounts. Like I don't need to cut out a thousand calories out of my diet or anything like that, but I've just been in this regular habit and this regular way of eating for quite a while as I'm, you know, with my normal exercise and movement routine. So now that I'm doing less exercising and less even moving throughout the day, I thought about how would I like to go about that with changing my my body's fueling, so how I'm eating, right? And there's several choices I could have made. And I was just kind of weighing my options and deciding what sounded exciting, what sounded fun, what sounded realistic, and what sounded like it would just make me feel good coming out the other end of this month-long period of not exercising, right? So there's always the choice to not change, right? I could have totally just kept eating the same way that I was before, and that would 
wouldn't have been a problem at all. I don't think my body would have had this huge adjustment. It's not like I would have gained a bunch of weight or anything terrible would have happened at all. I could totally do that, right? But I didn't want to do that because I kind of felt like I didn't need as much fuel without working out as much. I really do feel a massive difference in my hunger and fullness levels when I am exercising versus when I'm not. So it just didn't feel right to continue fueling for how I normally was when I was exercising daily. So another choice was that I could just lower my portion sizes at meals. So eating the same style of the one three plate that I have taught clients in the past, which is a third carb, a third protein, and a third vegetables, and then one to three tablespoons of fat. So that was an option, just do smaller portions of that. I could just listen to my body and see how my hunger adjusts, you know. There was all kinds of options that I could have done, you know, but I was kind of itching to try something new. It's been a really long time since I've tried something new or even had the desire to try something new when it comes to my nutrition because I've been on the path of kind of healing my relationship with food for a really long time. And I had a certain style of eating that was really suiting me, right? And that was doing those one, three plates three times a day and maybe adding in a snack or a treat or to that as well. So I just kind of decided maybe now's the time to try something new. And being that my ADHD self loves a new challenge, I decided to try something new. So for the past couple weeks, I've been practicing what I would call a moderate carb approach. So it's not low carb, it's moderate carb. Okay. So instead of having three to four to five starchy carb servings per day, I've just been aiming to have one to two. So some days I have three, but for the most part, I've been having one to two starchy carbs a day. Now it's not low carb. This is not a low carb diet, even though it may sound like it is, but trust me, I'm still consuming plenty of carbohydrates because Remember, carbs are not just bread and pasta. Carbs are in all kinds of things like fruits and vegetables and all kinds of fiber-rich foods and sauces and condiments like ketchup and all kinds of things like that and things you probably don't even realize that carbohydrates are in like peanut butter and milk, etc. So I have never for myself enjoyed a low carb approach because our body and brain's main source of energy is carbohydrates. And I don't like to cut them out completely. I don't think it's realistic for long-term changes or it's beneficial. I don't think it's very beneficial for health for all people. I think it works for some people, but I think for a lot of people it doesn't. And especially for me with a rocky past with my relationship to food, definitely not ideal for me to try low to no carb approach, right? So although I'm only adding in starchy carbs, like consciously adding it in, meaning like I'm having rice or potatoes or bread with a meal, I'm only doing that one to two meals a day. I'm still getting an abundance of carbohydrates, right? It's not low carb, it's just moderate carb. So logically, this made sense for me because I'm not burning as much energy and carbs are our body's source of energy, right? But again, we're burning energy all throughout the day. So I did not want to do a low carb approach, nor did that sound fun, but just changing it in a slight way that literally means that one to two meals a day instead of having an extra carbohydrate. I'm just adding in a little bit more fat and or a little bit more like fruits and veggies. So 
I'm going to be honest with you. I have been loving it so much. I've been really enjoying it. You know, I kind of was in a rut with recipes and now I'm trying and finding all these new recipes and it's been so much fun and I felt really satisfied and it's been delicious. I've enjoyed it a lot, but I do have to be honest with you. Okay. My brain fought against this choice at first. Or I guess rather, maybe I should say that my ego fought against this choice because in my career thus far as a health and wellness coach and in my learnings about nutrition, I have learned and practiced and taught that you can have carbs and be in a calorie deficit and lose weight if that's what you want to do. You can have carbs at every meal and maintain your weight and or lose weight. I've taught that carbs are not bad and that some things like keto and low carb can be way too extreme and cause you to swing to the other end, right? Not for every person, but for a lot of people. And I've also helped a lot of women ease their fear of carbs and start reincorporating them into their diet. So as I was thinking about this and I was like, my ego started popping up and it was like, well, people are going to think you're a hypocrite, right? You always talk about carbohydrates. Now you're doing a moderate carb approach. Now you're, you know, changing your whole strategy. Not necessarily, right? It's like, I still know all of those things that I just said to be true about carbohydrates, that they are healthy, that they're a necessary part of the diet, that you can lose weight and still be eating carbs and even at every single meal, right? So am I being a hypocrite? No, in my opinion, because I know deeply that Things are nuanced. The world is not as black and white as we wish it to be, unfortunately. It would make things so much simpler if it was, but it's not. And what was right for me in one season of life isn't necessarily right for me in the next season of life, right? Our needs shift, our desires shift. What's best for our body changes throughout our lifetime, right? And it could be long seasons or short seasons. So when I was coming off of literal decades of dieting and also exercising daily, which was, if you haven't been around for a long time, the last time I went on a diet was before my wedding in 2018. And I have not been on a diet since I have done pretty much no restriction since then. So when I was coming off of those decades of dieting and exercising daily, starchy carbs at every meal was right for me. I couldn't even stand the thought of taking away carbs out of a meal because I was working more so on healing my relationship with food. And that took almost three years. And of course, like anything, it's still going, right? I'm still working on my relationship with food forever, right? It's like a relationship with another person. You don't get to the end point. You continue working on it. But the point of that is this stuff takes time. And I was not ready to say, I'm going to swap out my rice for cauliflower rice at any point in those three years. I really needed that time to know that I was allowed to eat the foods that I wanted to eat, that I could eat carbohydrates in abundance, all this stuff. I needed to, it was a mental thing that I kind of just needed to have that, get back into that abundance mindset with food. And before I worked with women with ADHD, I worked with ex-chronic dieters. So they were trying to learn how to not do the yo-yo thing anymore, right? And a lot of that yo-yo dieting and those extreme diets do work by just cutting out carbohydrates. So it wasn't a strategy that was 
particularly beneficial for me or for the clients that I was working with, right? Now, if that's the season that you are in, you are really healing your relationship with food, you are coming off of a long-term diet or you are have been dieting and, and feel that your relationship with food is very poor, you feel very out of control with food, then the approach that I am going to share, this moderate carb approach, is likely not a good one for you right now in this particular season of your life, right? But I think things shift and change. And right now I'm entering a new season of my life. I'm in a really neutral and good place with food and food has no moral value to me. And I'm also able to recognize my body cues really well. And I've gotten to a place where I also have a lot of self-compassion for myself. If I do, you know, I say I'm doing this moderate carb approach, right? And say there's a day where I end up eating five starchy carb servings instead of the one to two. I'm in a place where I'm not going to beat myself up for that. I really am in such a good place with food. So I think all of these pieces have kind of built up to bring me where I am now. And so... I was thinking as I won't be exercising for a month, maybe this would be a good time to try this. You know, it was a pretty intuitive decision. And the thing about making a decision like this is it's not written in cement, right? It's written in sand. If I don't like it or it has negative side effects or it brings back those thoughts about food that were really damaging before, then guess what? I can change my mind and I can go back to my old way of eating, right? So I give this really long disclaimer because health and body choices are so individual. What's right for one person at one particular time is not necessarily right for all people at all times, right? And with this new season, I keep saying this, even though it's a a short season of lower energy expenditure, it had me thinking, am I ready for something like that to consciously say no thank you to some carbohydrates at meals and not feel restricted? And honestly, the only way to know is to give it a try. So that is what I did. Now, if you'll recall in the last episode, if you listened to the one about limiting beliefs, which would be a very good precursor to this episode, by the way, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it after this episode, or you can stop here and go back to it. But I talked about how when we're shifting limiting beliefs, when limiting beliefs kind of come out to play and we start to notice them is when we are trying something new and stretching our comfort zone. They really pop up and want to keep us in our comfort zone. And they say, no, we're not making this change because, and it gives you a reason, right? This limiting belief. So as I moved into this new season of life that called for a different eating structure, I saw myself bumping up against some limiting beliefs. And as you probably guessed from the title of this episode, that is what we're going to talk about today. My latest limiting belief that popped up was literally in the Wendy's drive-thru and it was interesting experience. And I thought that you guys might benefit from seeing a real life in real time experience of shifting this limiting belief. So that is my hyper-focus most recently has been this new moderate carb lifestyle and mostly finding exciting ways to create new meals that are a bit out of my norm. It's been so much 
fun. I found so many delicious recipes and it's been joyful. It's been awesome. So the jury's still out if I'm going to continue doing this once I incorporate exercise again. I'm really enjoying it, but we'll see how it goes as far as energy levels and once I start exercising again. And if I still feel really good doing this and this is still feels like the right move, then I might continue it. I don't know. We shall see. It's a big experiment, right? So yeah, let's talk about the limiting belief that I bumped up against as I was starting to practice this new style of eating. So I decided I was going to try moderate carb eating, right? And one of the first days I was practicing this happened to be a day I returned from a trip, okay? And a long-term habit of mine is to the day of returning from a trip, like the day that you are flying home or the day that you drive home or whatever, that travel day, you know, you wake up after a weekend or whatever and you get your stuff ready and you go. Those days used to just be a free-for-all for me. And of course, back in my dieting days, the vacation itself was a free-for-all as well. So you were already in that mentality. I think it was just that diet starts tomorrow type mentality. Like you're not yet back into your normal Monday through Friday reality. So you might as well just freaking shove it all down now before you've got to restrict again, right? Like there was this, I mean, there's that thought that was creating that pattern, but also the fact that if I had been drinking a lot of alcohol, then my blood sugar was all out of whack, meaning I was carbing, craving carbohydrates and sugar. So I was carbing, literally. And even though my dieting days are long gone and I don't live a life of extreme restriction Monday through Friday, This habit has still been one of the hardest for me to break, or I guess I should say the most long lasting, right? I've been working on it for a really long time and I've made great improvements and I've changed a lot of things about those travel days, but sometimes I still totally fall back into that habit of just being like, whatever, my brain cannot handle making a decision for my future self right now, essentially. And I'm just like, I just want the freaking cheeseburger. I'm going to eat the freaking cheeseburger, right? So I'm a human and I'm also human with ADHD. So you're never going to find me pretending I'm perfect or that I don't have impulses or that I never act on my impulses from time to time, right? Like that's just the truth of the matter. So sometimes this still happens. Okay, so anyways, we were traveling home and we needed to get food. So I think we got home from our flight, dropped our stuff off, and we needed to grab food before we picked up our dog from her little doggy hotel. And I wanted Arby's, like so bad, like full on Arby's, like the sandwich, the, I think it's the beef and cheddar that I get the fries. Their fries are so good. Like a soda, even a cookie. Last time I went there, they had like this caramel cookie. I just wanted a carb loaded meal, like a big, huge, greasy meal is like, and I just was thinking, you know, well, it's one of those days. I don't feel like making a good choice, whatever. P.S. Yes, I like Arby's. I don't know what is with everybody hating on Arby's. It's delicious, okay? You guys, it's so freaking good. So if that offends you, then that's fine. You know, we can have our differing opinions, but I don't want no Arby's hate here, okay? Don't leave me like a negative review because I like Arby's. You can, I guess if you want, you could start like a Bright Light Chels hate account, but I'm not changing my mind. It is delicious. And no, I do not feel feminine eating a roast beef sandwich with like the cheese, the cheese whiz dripping down the side of my face, but I don't care. I do not care enough to stop. It's so good. It's still one of my favorite fast food places. Okay, so anyways, I wanted Arby's. That was like on my mind. I had my mind kind of set. 
And my husband wanted Wendy's. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it for a while, right? The decision, he really wanted Wendy's. He's not a fan of Arby's. He was like, nah, I don't want to get that. And I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, if we go to Wendy's, I could get a salad. They have really yummy salads. And I'm sorry, Arby's, if you have delicious salads, I just don't really know about them because I'm not getting anything else but the beef and cheddar. So I knew Wendy's had really good salads and like that would be a good choice or a choice that I would feel good about later. But as I start thinking about that, thinking about the idea of eating a salad instead of Arby's, my brain starts throwing a freaking hissy fit. It is throwing a full on temper tantrum. I start like feeling physically agitated and annoyed like my brain want the Arby's. I want all those carbs and just like have a free-for-all and not think about it like the old days and start tomorrow, right? But I know, I know that my future self will be feel much better if I have the salad, you know? I mean, my future self, even in an hour after Arby's, I probably would have a stomach ache and be like, why I didn't need all that, you know? And again, it's not about making a good choice or a bad choice. It was just about mostly, honestly, me wanting to change this habit, number one. Number two, keep this promise that I made to myself that I would try practicing this moderate carbohydrate lifestyle and see how it goes and see how it makes me feel, right? So (laughs) my brain's having this hissy fit, okay? It wants the freaking Arby's sandwich. Okay, my present self. So I was basically deciding between, am I gonna make a choice for my future self or my present self, right? And we've talked about that in previous episodes. So as we're driving, my husband is waiting on me to tell him which place to go. Like the turn is coming up for whether we go left to go to Arby's or right to go to Wendy's. And I'm sitting there in the passenger seat, like internally debating in my head. And after going back and forth like a million times, I begrudgingly say to him, I'm like, let's just go to Wendy's. I can get a salad. And he was like, are you sure? I know you really wanted Arby's. We can go to both. I can get, I can get Wendy's and you can get Arby's. And I said, no, let's Let's go to Wendy's before I change my mind because I was just like, I'm going to try to make a big girl decision right now. Okay. <laughs> so we go to Wendy's and as we're sitting in the drive-thru, again, my mind is throwing this freaking hissy fit right? I'm not following my normal habit loop and my brain is not happy about it. I'm feeling deprived and I'm feeling sorry for myself before we've even eaten anything or ordered, mind you. How am I feeling deprived before anything has even happened, right? Now, before I knew the power of thought work and like what even a limiting belief was, I would have just stayed stuck in that cycle. I would have felt bad for myself. I would have ordered the salad, but I would have like begrudgingly been looking at my husband's food and end up like eating half of his fries or half of his sandwich and like just feel bad for myself and then probably later decide that I needed a treat since I was, you know, being so good beforehand and like trying to counteract that deprivation that happened when I got a salad instead of the full-on Arby's meal. So that's what happened like before I realized I had control of my thoughts and that my thoughts create my feelings and my feelings create my outcomes, you know, and my actions and my results. So now that I know that, which by the way, shout out to all my coaches throughout the years, but in particular, two coaches from the past year, Kim Kunaraksa, who helped me work through a lot of limiting beliefs and mindset shifts in life in general, and then also Lauren Kosky. So I did her program Shift for a while. 
And that program really helped me continue my journey of being more aware of my thoughts around food and consciously shifting them. I would literally be nowhere without the coaches I've had. So I try to give credit where credit is due. And as an ADHDer especially, it's really important to build in those support systems in the areas of your life that you want to improve and that you're working on. So yeah, I just wanted to say I love having a coach. I love being supported. I will never claim that I've done this whole thing myself or made all these revelations on my own. I've had a lot of help along the way. Okay. So, okay. So back to the drive through and the brain hissy fit. So as I was sitting there and noticed this happening, right, I thought I would really dive deeper and find what particular thought was causing this feeling of deprivation and this almost like it's not fair type mindset that I couldn't have the Arby's meal, right? Which it's totally fair. It was my decision. I decided that, right? So I'm sifting around in my mind to try and find it so that I can maybe like gently rewrite it and feel a little bit better about the situation. And all of a sudden I realize the thought that I was having. And I was kind of mind blown because I never realized that this thought has been in my mind for years and years and years and years. It's kind of like, It's again been hidden and I haven't really been paying much attention to it. And a lot of these thoughts, they're not point blank in your head. You don't hear them clearly. They're hidden under layers, right? And they pass by so quick in like the snap of a second that you don't even notice they're there. So I noticed and I found the thought that was causing this feeling. And I realized that what I'm thinking, this particular thought is a thought. It's not even a truth. It's a limiting belief. And I was sitting there and I was just like, holy shit, unlocking the next level of my journey to a healthy relationship to food in my body right here in the Wendy's drive through <laughs> So the thought that I noticed was this. This is what was kind of hiding underneath And the thought that was causing those feelings of deprivation, of pitying myself, of life's not fair. The thought was, when I choose not to eat something or I make the choice that is quote unquote healthier, I will feel deprived and less satisfied. That was the thought. When I choose to eat something, when I choose not to eat something or I make the choice that is quote unquote healthier, I will feel deprived and less satisfied. I felt like every time I made a choice like this, that would result in me feeling deprived and less satisfied. I had never even noticed that I was having this thought until now. It was hidden in the shadows. But as I was trying something new, this moderate carb lifestyle and getting out of my comfort zone, it came out of hiding. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, that's true, right? It's true that when you choose not to eat something or you make the healthier or lower calorie or lower carb choice, you'll be less satisfied and you will likely feel deprived, right? Some of you might be thinking that this is a truth, but is it a truth, right? Because a truth can be proven in a court of law. I want you to really think about it. Think about the time that maybe you've cooked a delicious meal that was lower calorie or lower carb. Or maybe you went to somebody's house and they cooked a meal like that. Or maybe you got something out at a restaurant and you ate it and you felt so satisfied and surprised how delicious it could be. You were like, holy cow, that's like, that's a healthy choice that was lower calorie, lower carb. And I keep using the word healthy. I talked about that in an episode previous. I'm trying not to use that word, but it's hard habit to break. So anyways, no, it's not true that every time that I eat something that's 
lower calorie, lower carbohydrate, or I choose not to eat something that I'm going to feel less satisfied, right? This isn't a truth. It's a limiting belief. And it's a limiting belief because it's stopping me from making this change that I want to make and stopping me from stretching outside my comfort zone and reaching my true potential, right? And also, like, this can't be proven in a court of law. So again, it's not a truth. And I hadn't even eaten the salad yet. How did I know that eating this salad was going to make me be deprived or that I wouldn't get satisfaction from it? I hadn't even done it yet. My brain was throwing a hissy fit because it was holding on to an old belief, one that had served me in many ways for many years, by the way, a lot of our limiting beliefs were serving us in some way and or still are serving us in some way, mainly to keep us comfortable and safe and in the same place that we already are right now because our brain only knows what we've already experienced. Therefore, anything outside of what we've experienced and what we already know is unsafe to our brain, right? Because it doesn't know if we're going to survive it, right? And logically, we know that we would survive if I ate a lower carb meal versus the Arby's meal. But, you know, our brain doesn't. Our, what's the word? Like our survival-focused brain does not know this. So this belief was really serving me for a long time. And during my dieting days, aka most of my 20s and my teens, this belief was pretty pretty true for me most of the time. I begrudgingly made choices and it with my food that because I wanted to be skinny, you know, and <laughs> I made these choices and then I felt deprived. And then later I would binge to feel some type of satisfaction, right? And because I was eating too few calories, most of the time this actually literally was true because my body was screaming for nutrition. So when I made that lower calorie choice or lower carb choice or quote unquote healthier choice, then my body was feeling less satisfied because it needed more food in general, right? And now I know how to properly fuel my body, so I'm not drastically under eating by any stretch of the imagination. So that's not necessarily true for me anymore. And during my food freedom journey after that, so when I stopped dieting and started learning how to not be afraid of all these types of foods or gaining weight, I sometimes was saying no to some foods, but in the beginning, definitely not, right? I still associated saying no to certain foods with deprivation, right? And I needed to, for a long while, like I said, almost three years, have that stability with food for a long time to repair my relationship with food and not always be in a scarcity mindset when it comes to food. So I was sitting in the drive-thru and in my head, I was dismantling this belief. And of course, I excitedly shared it with my husband because he loves hearing about this stuff too, especially when it has to do with, you know, these things that are my lifetime obsessions, or at least he pretends he loves it. Bless him. I don't know if he really does, but if he doesn't, he does a good job of pretending. So I thought to myself, is this a truth? No, it's not because many people say no to things and don't feel deprived, right? And when I say no to something like, oh, say an apple, because apples kind of make me feel, they make my throat feel itchy. I don't know. I like think I have a small allergy to apples and like raw almonds. My throat gets itchy. My lips feel like tingly and swollen. It doesn't feel good. 
good. When I say no to that, I don't feel deprived, right? I'm like, I don't want that because it's going to cause something that I don't desire. Same thing with the Arby's. If I eat that, it's going to cause something I don't desire. I'm going to not feel good. I'm going to feel sluggish. My body's not getting nutrients after coming back on this vacation. I would love to hop back in and start tomorrow feeling energized and refreshed and good and not sluggish from a giant Arby's meal. So it's not true, you know, that saying no to something equals deprivation. And it's not true that choosing the salad over the sandwich and fries and cookie will be less satisfying, right? In fact, it actually could be more satisfying in the long term because my body is really going to love the micronutrients, the fiber, the protein, the fat. I'll feel fuller for longer. And also taste-wise, when it comes to satisfaction, it's not just about physical satisfaction, but it's also that mental satisfaction of eating something that is delicious to us. I love a good salad. I would totally feel satisfied with that. I love the crunch. Like I crave salads, right? It's one of my favorite meals in the world is a salad. My, I've shared it on here before, I believe, but the, I call it a sweet chicken salad. I think, I can't remember what it's called. The sticky finger salad. That's what it is. Anyways, it was kind of a long drive through line. So we ordered it and I was like, let me just see what happens once I start eating and see how I feel and go from there. So once we get our food, I'm eating my salad and I'm just like kind of testing out the waters and seeing how I feel and being open to any results, right? And I am actually enjoying my salad. It is satisfying the heck out of me. It's freaking delicious. The chicken was cooked perfectly. The the lettuce was super crisp and cold and the chicken was warm and I got an avocado ranch dressing that was bomb. It was so good. I freaking loved it. I was so excited about it. And my husband got a cheeseburger and french fries and stuff. And I had two bites of my husband's cheeseburger. But I was in like we had said, I said I might split the cheeseburger with him because I did want to make sure that like if I wasn't fully satisfied, I had something as like a backup plan. So I took two bites of it and then I let him have the rest because I was enjoying my salad so much. I really didn't even want it anymore. And guess what? I completely forgot about the Arby's after I finished eating because I wasn't hungry anymore and I felt satisfied. You guys, this is mind blowing to me because I've been doing the mental work for years on this kind of stuff. My relationship with food, my relationship with my body. And this was just a couple weeks ago that I found this new limiting belief lurking beneath the surface years after I started working on this stuff. And I freaking turned it on its head and rewrote it. So if my body tells me after a meal that it's not satisfied, that's totally fine, right? I can do with that information what I feel is the best choice in that moment, if that means eating something else, whatever I feel the best choice is. But I don't need to be carrying around this limiting belief and assuming before a meal that is more nutrient-dense choice or whatever it is, that it's going to automatically be less satisfying than something like the Arby's meal. (laughs) It's just not inherently true. It's a limiting belief. And it was, in fact, creating a constant feeling of lack of satisfaction, right? I was constantly also a fear of eating a meal that didn't have carbs or a fear of falling back into disordered eating patterns, right? But switching that around and making this realization has made me realize I really have kind of, I feel like in a sense, I've kind of made it. I'm like, wow, I think this really is the pinnacle. It's like I've unlocked the next level in my relationship with food, right? I can do this kind of thing and I can do it joyfully. 
I can joyfully say no thank you to bread at a couple meals a day or rice or whatever, just a couple times a day, maybe even just one time a day. And it's no big deal. To me, that says that I have truly embraced the abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset when it comes to food. It also means that I am properly fueling myself because I now know what it feels like when my body is not getting enough calories. I can feel the feedback from the biofeedback from my body. And I haven't been getting any of that. And I've been doing this now for yet two weeks, I believe. I don't know. I'm very bad at time. Anyways. So I'm not sure how long this phase will last, right? And if I'll continue doing this moderate carb approach. But to me, this is like what real food freedom looks like, right? Because before, when I was focusing on food freedom, I was stuck in that one way of eating. And I thought that nothing else would work for me or that I wasn't able to ever do anything like this ever again, because I was scared. I was scared again of all those things I just said, falling back into disordered eating, not feeling satisfied, yada, yada. But this is what honoring your body and making choices out of love instead of fear looks like, right? This is how we find the eating styles that work best for us in whatever season of life we're in. And where we can be flexible and we can experiment and we can see how things feel. And sometimes we're stretching out of our comfort zone. Sometimes it's a time to stay in our comfort zone, right? It's such a journey and it's ebbing and flowing and it's never ending. And it's something I'll be working on for the rest of my life and hopefully sharing with you guys my insights that I'm gathering for the rest of my life too. And maybe... You know, if I think about it, I'm a big believer in like, you know, it sounds so cheesy and I hate saying it, but that everything happens for a reason or more so like things that might seem less desirable or things that might seem random. You are meant to get a lesson or you're meant to get something specific out of them. And maybe I decided to try this kind of eating so that I could bust that limiting belief, right? And it was just an opportunity to do that inner work and move through yet another limiting belief to move towards the version of me that I am always moving towards, right? And just becoming my most satisfied, most fulfilled version of me. And I do find that the more that I do the inner work as well, the better of a coach I become. And the more I push myself out of my comfort zone, I can remember what it's like for my clients who maybe in a different place than me in their journey with food and relationship with food and knowledge of nutrition. But I can remember that feeling and relate to that feeling of being pushed out of my comfort zone. So I promise to always continue the work for you so that I can continue to become a better coach. And if you are interested in being coached by me and uncovering some of your particular limiting beliefs and busting them and changing them and rewriting them into something that benefits you, I want you to go ahead and click the link in the show notes and join the Habit Edit waitlist. It is the first of its kind. It's the first health and mindset coaching membership that is just exclusively for women with ADHD. And this that I just explained to you, this example, this is the kind of mindset work that we do inside my coaching programs and inside this membership. And this is the mindset work that will help you move forward towards your health and wellness that you desire and deserve, right? Because a lot of people say, what do you mean by mindset work? What is it? I don't really know what that means or why it's relevant, right? But maybe after listening to this episode, you can understand how that limiting belief was holding me back in a lot of ways. And 
really just making life unnecessarily hard for no reason at all. And once I busted it, I was able to, like I said, kind of unlock this new level and try this new experience without all these negative feelings. So I hope that you guys really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed sharing it with you and I will see you next time on Vibrancy with ADHD. Bye. Bye.